Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast for the technician that wants to get real. Follow along as we talk to industry professionals and address hot topics that we all face. Along the way, we'll learn tips and tricks. I'm your host, Trent Manning. Let's have some fun. This episode of Real Turf Techs on Golf Course Industries Superintendent Radio Network is presented by Foley Company a strong supporter of equipment technicians and golf course maintenance departments everywhere. Foley Company offers a proven solution for above and below the turf, for turf professionals everywhere. To learn more about Foley Company's line of real grinders, bed knife grinders, and the Air 2G2 family of products, or to find a distributor, visit www.foleyco.com. Foley, ready for play. Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast, Episode 75. Today we're talking to Kevin Bauer, CTM, Equipment Manager at Pine Hills Golf Club in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Pine Hills is a premier daily fee golf club, spectacularly set on 300 acres. It's home to two 18-hole championship courses designed by Reese Jones and Nicholas Design. The mechanic shop is approximately 2,500 square feet. Maintenance facility has two buildings with a combined total of 13,700 square feet. Kevin currently has one equipment technician and is trying to hire an assistant mechanic. He's about 90% Toro equipment, some John Deere tractors and loaders, some Sasco rollers, and some Laztecs. Let's talk to Kevin. Welcome, Kevin, to the Real Turf Techs podcast. How you doing today? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. This is gonna be it's gonna be fun. I say that every episode, just I so the, you know and the listeners know how much fun we're gonna have. Sounds good. Tell us how you got into the turf industry. Actually, since I was about thirteen, I started working at a golf course. So started out my brother was in worked at the golf course both brothers so i had i got driven and driven along with him to the uh to the course i started out doing creek balls and playing golf okay on, on the off chance of uh you know when i was done working mm-hmm. and then uh, at any rate you know worked at that golf course for a couple of years all through high school you know anything from carts then went into the maintenance side mowed grass did all that at that point we kind of you know, you get to a crossroads where, you know, I was going to college, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And then the turf industry, there's only one of two, you know, so sort of one of two options that you can make a living out. And that's the, the superintendent mm-hmm. side or our side. And uh, I did like working on things. Uh, my brother went in to be a superintendent and he's down in Texas. I went this route and I was very fortunate to actually I got hooked up with Chicagoland. I think it was at the time Chicagoland Golf Course Mechanics Association. Okay. The, super, the superintendent of the golf course kind of hooked me up with them and I went to a meeting mm-hmm. and met a guy. The guy was looking for an assistant. I'm very, very green, took me on. That's kind of what started the career. W- worked there for about 10 months. It was a, it was a, uh, Kemper's Force management job. And I mean, I was green, but he had a lot of equipment. So learning was good. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, from there on out, uh, I worked at a Jake dealer. They took me on kind of as a trainee tech, sent me to all the schools, the factory schools, became master certified Textron. Did that for about seven years. Were you on the road during that time? No, no, I was always in the shop. shop. You know what? We we did, we did 
I did go on the road, but only as an as-needed basis. We had a pretty mm-hmm. strong shop at that time. And, you know, this is back in the 90s. At that yeah. time, you know, our geographic location wasn't that crazy where everything could be trailered in a lot of the times. So we did that, uh, did that for, you know, seven, eight years. And then actually the golf course that I grew up working at, there was an opportunity for me to go back there as an okay. equipment manager. And that was kind of, uh, it was kind of neat. It was a family owned golf course. They was a kind of a, I had just had two children, um, mm-hmm. kind of a quality of life type of change right. was a neat, neat job. Went back, you know, total restructure of shop, you know, kind of, you know, you go in and things were in rough shape. Did that for about seven years and then went to work for a park district that also had an 18 hole golf course. At that point, we combined the shops. So that was kind of a neat learning curve for me because it went from just golf course only to now we've got 35 trucks. We've got all different kinds of stuff. We've got Mm -hmm. a small police department. We streamlined the shop. We had four techs in the shop, did everything out of one shop. It was a neat neat process. So that was a very good job. Had that up until my current job when my children, uh, my youngest, just uh, got off to college. We, Congratulations. uh, just, we, maybe we just, we graduated actually. So th- okay, this is awesome. back four years ago. Yeah. And, uh, when he graduated, we were like, my, my wife was from the East and had done her time. I'm from the Midwest. So, you know, I lived mm-hmm. in Chicagoland my whole life and, uh, she wanted to, uh, kind of get back out this way. So we came out this way and, uh, looked for a course and, you know, kind of made the plunge. So here I am awesome. by the ocean now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You enjoying yeah. it? So, there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally different. Yeah. Totally different. Very, very yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So. I don't, I remember one of the other guests that I've had on talking about the Chicago Land Tech Group. Yeah. And I guess it's kind of went by the wayside. So if there's anybody listening in Chicago Land that yeah. wants to get that re-going, just do it. Yeah. And yeah. if you need help, reach out, send me an email, call me, whatever. And yeah. I'd be happy to help get that going again. Yeah. You know what, what they did was it, then it became TEDA, Turf Equipment Technicians Association. Then I think at the time when things were getting rolling with IGCMA, mm-hmm. I think at that time we were just having a hard time getting, you know, you know, just like any other time, just getting guys yeah. to come yeah. in. And then I think administratively, that was always a challenge to, you know, doing that end of it. So I, what mm-hmm. they did do was they joined with the Midwest Golf Superintendents Association. Okay. So I think they still should have something. I think they have an active person on the board and they have something. So they should, but I think a lot of the guys, uh, Wes, uh, there's a bunch of guys out there that are all pl- kind of plugged into what's going on with mm-hmm. this, you know, certification and that. So. So hopefully, uh, everybody, you know, joins in with, uh, this at the bigger level, you know? Oh, yeah. And nothing wrong with joining at the bigger level. Right. But start something on your local level. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. in your local little area. And it doesn't matter if it's you and another person. Right. Or three of you or four of you. I just, I had a meeting at my shop, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was the end of August. Mm-hmm. And, there was about 12 people that showed up and I hadn't had one in forever. Yeah. I'd yeah. drop the ball and just, you know, a bunch of excuses I can come up with, but none right. of them were good right. enough. But it was great and it was no formal nothing. You know, I ordered some pizza and we just hung around and talked shop and catch yeah. up and see yeah. how you been and yeah. what are you struggling with? And 
there's just nothing like it creating those networks and connections with yeah. other technicians and it gives you a lot better idea of who you can call that's right down the road i mean maybe right. you need you know with supply chain and all exactly. this crap right. that we right. hear all the time you might right. need a bed knife or right absolutely yeah whatever yeah, yeah. no so. that's that it is that's a that's definitely the you know the the most valuable thing being in our designated areas to, to have that so yeah i agree i agree with that 100 percent. do you relief grind uh absolutely all didn't right al- didn't always though you good know, answer way, way, way back when <laughs> way back when but yeah you know what it is if you if you look at what the manufacturers are all doing they're setting things up a specific way. They're thinning things out, whether it's for hybrid technology, electric technology, whatever. There's mm-hmm. the studies. The the horsepower required to drive a reel that has relief is less, which is what they're going for. And my thing is, listen, this is the way they have it. We need to be able to put it back to the way they have it. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm a factory specs guy. I'm not saying don't think outside the box. There have been many Bernhard seminars that I had been to in the past. And I think probably the best thing I could, you could grab from one of the best things you could grab from when he would do his things. This is back probably 15 years ago when he was rolling hot Mm -hmm. is he did encourage people to just get out and grind more, grind more, do, do things. And, you know, it went from the mindset of only once, you know, once a year to twice Mm -hmm. a year to get going on doing it more frequently. And everybody's golf course is different, right? I mean, uh, you know, yeah. my super might put sand ultra light every three weeks. Uh, some mm-hmm. guys might do it every week. You got no choice. I mean, sand yeah, is not right. the, not the friend of the real, even yeah. as with swap sets and doing all that, you're going to be sharpening something. So it's hard to say, to, to say across the board, you know, everybody has to do that. Everybody's thing is in a, in a, in a the circumstance is different, mm-hmm. but. Believe definitely factory specs. There's a reason behind it. I think John touched on some things. You, you do have quicker regrind time. You've got the area where lapping compound can be suspended. Mm-hmm. You've got, you know, they say quality of cut shouldn't be compromised with or without, but definitely the leading edge will hold up a little bit longer with the, you know, with the relief in my, my experience. But, uh, yeah, it's about it. I know it's always a big, you know, it's an age old debate and everybody's get you're on both sides of the fence and speed and speed and everything is important, but they've, they've got these grinders dialed in so good now, or there's, that's really not an issue. You could floor to four grind stuff, five fairway yeah, yeah, units, yeah. five fairway units by yourself in four and a half hours, four hours. Well, so, another thing that I think about often enough is when I first got into this, we didn't mm-hmm. even have a bed knife grinder. Yeah. But we had an old Foley real grinder mm-hmm. and it took forever to set it up. Yeah. And if somebody come over and leaned on it, it threw it off. Oh yeah. And yeah, I mean, it was terrible. But the other thing I think about is we were only grinding once a year mm-hmm. and the learning curve or relearning how mm-hmm. to use that machine yep. once a year yep. because by the time you got to the last cutting unit, oh, you were yeah. pretty efficient at it. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you could turn and burn at that point, yeah. but then you wait a year to yep. do it again. Yeah. So now that we're grinding more frequently, I mean, it's just yep. natural yep. second nature almost. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree. I think, yeah. How many guys have notes all over their, gr- <laughs> all oh, over yeah. their grinders? Yeah. 
because uh, they have to remember where to put things or whatever. But yeah, they right. and, and definitely the manufacturers have done a, a, a much better job of making setup easier when mm-hmm. we're just flopping these heads in and, and we're ready to go. And obviously yeah. that that's us doing our job preventatively, like, you know, real bearings, roller bearings, you know, you, you don't want snap yeah. moves like that in the middle of, you know, we're talking if things are maintained, the process is, is pretty quick. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And honestly, by the time when you get to a point when a cutting unit isn't cutting, you'll spend more time trying to get that thing cutting than you will. But it, you just you just got to say it's done. We're we're going to grind. We we need uh, to get it yeah, back on. Yeah. You know, sometimes we just uh, we want to prolong it or we want to delay it. We're not ready to do it yet, and it just it fights you, and you're spending more time with adjustments and everything. Yeah, I want to have a in depth discussion. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll be a group discussion and maybe we'll do it on the podcast and get several people in here and just talk about lapping. Yeah. Because yeah. I think a lot of people that lap don't necessarily lap correctly. Mm-hmm. And this is just my opinion and y'all can mm-hmm. shoot me for it if you want to. Mm-hmm. But I think, and I mean, the research says too, that you lap before it stops cutting. You don't wait till it. Oh yes. Yep. Yep. It's not yep. cutting and then lap to get it back to cutting because yeah, right. you can lap it and get it back mm-hmm. to cutting, but that cut's not going to last very long. Right. Right. And I was talking to Roland McPherson the other day mm-hmm. and he was talking about lapping his walking greens mowers. Mm-hmm. And he said, if anybody ever saw me, they would think I was crazy because he uses an electric drill. Yeah. And I mean, Drive you know, that on the doing market. it yeah. for one minute. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. you don't have to hook up the back lap machine yeah. or yeah. any of that yeah. stuff. Right. Just a real right. quick. And yeah. he's using a pretty fine grit, and he's yeah. doing it every day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you think you think about it. It's almost like it's gotten to the point where it was, it had its purpose back in the day. And then, you know, everybody did it. That was what you did. You didn't have grinders mm-hmm. or you had horrible grinders. And then... Everything kind of changed and now, and then it became almost like taboo, you know, like you, you got to yeah, yeah. hide your, hide your face if you, if someone comes around the corner when you're, when you're lapping something, when really it's exactly like you said, it's a preventative maintenance thing. And mm-hmm. if you think about it, like even with engine valves, everybody should be able to relate to that. And by the way, your ratings might go down with the lapping stuff now. Oh yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> we'll, we'll take the hit if we have yeah. to. <laughs> but you know, you think about engine valves, you know, when you're lapping, even, even valves, machine are are lapped before you're you know you know lapping the margin to the seat you know so it's just it's it's just mating those surfaces together and as great as the grinders can get even then and and, and, and honestly when you go out and watch these guys what they mow and what they go through i'm amazed that the units even come back cutting at all oh yeah yeah, i mean just through grass you know hit a t hit this that so I think sometimes we're a little hard on ourselves and want this expectation that we'll never have to do anything other than the adjustment, and we're making it harder on ourselves. You could get a mouthful of sand from a guy with a bad sand shot on the green, and now oh, you've yeah. got a pile yeah. of sand on the green, and it goes through and wears a little dip in the bed knife or whatever. Um, yeah, and I've seen members fill in their divots, and they right. fill them three inches tall. Yeah, yeah. And then so, that reel goes across there and yeah, chews yeah. all that up. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just all those variables. I'm not saying it happens all the time, but it's just, you know, using all the tools at our disposal. You know, all, the manufacturers aren't nuts. Everybody puts them on there. So, you know, again, if you're thinking point. if it was such a bad thing, why would everybody have a backlap kit? Almost standard now, probably, I think, for the most part. Yeah. Done with the valve bank and, and the switch. So they believe in it. The engineers believe in it. 
the grinding company believes in it. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. you know, people that have done it, you know, but you're right. It's not a leave it on there for 30 minutes, come back. And it's not a substitute for grinding. It's sure, it's a maintenance thing. Yep. I think you get on board with it. And yeah, if the listeners don't believe me, I'm talking to Kevin and he's got a gold wrench hanging on the wall (laughs) behind him. So he knows his stuff. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah. (laughs) No. And what year did you win the golden wrench? 2012, I think. It's 2012. 2012. Congratulations. I'm I'm old. That's old. That's that's 10 years ago. Well, that's, that's okay. (laughs) Coming around again. Yeah, yeah. Get nominated for MVT or something next. Yeah, yeah. Tell us something you fabricated lately. That goes in spurts. Uh, I hear you guys, a lot of guys on the podcast. There's some people doing some pretty cool stuff. Easy one. I'm kind of, uh, I think I did a mobile table for my hose crimper. That was kind of neat. Just kind of copied what was out there already, sort of, in a way. Caster wheels and can put the, I have a Gates crimper, so I have the crimper on it. Anything from tailgates, from elongating them, putting a aluminum diamond plate piece on the, on the tailgate instead of the mesh wire makes it a lot lighter for the guys. So things like that. I did some light brackets for triflexes. Again, I'm kind of like, uh, electricity or oil. I'm going to, I'm going to take the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. And that I mean, be resourceful. I mean, I had stuff in the shop from a previous technician that he had a lot of uh, angle aluminum. Mm-hmm. If I don't have to paint anything and it doesn't rust, I'm going to use yeah, yeah. A angle aluminum to make right. brackets. And then I also, I'll try to model after what I'm, you know, there are definitely, I could be creative, but that's probably not one of my strong suits. So I'll always like, listen, if somebody else has come up with something, well, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at taking a look at that and then I can, I can mm-hmm. duplicate it. Oh yeah. So I'll, I'll see how manufacturers are doing their kits. Yep. I'm going to do the same thing, but I'll use this and I'll run the harness. You tap in, you make it factory, you buy the, you buy their switch. I just did them in my triplexes. And I think the cost savings from the kit, if we got the kit as a whole good, it might have been like mm-hmm. $900. And then if you bought the parts, if you missed the whole good option, you, you had the mm-hmm. machine, you bought it, it might have been something like 500. I think I did them for like a hundred. With a, right. a nice two wire loom, I did buy their switch. I mean, it's, it's completely, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not an ugly thing. It's got the U bolt clamps that mount the uh, brackets to the ROPS and, you know, it's a, so things like that, you know, we can save money yeah, yeah. and cut costs and, and do things. Yeah. So I think about other than that, that's, that's been about all it is later, but we've done anything. Usually whatever, if there's a need, you know, whether it's something to hold a blower on a greens mower, come up with something, you know, I'll work with the mm-hmm. superintendents or assistants and, Listen to their input and they have a, they have a request. I'll, I'll do my best to accommodate. Yep. yep. You know, it's fun doing that. You know, it yeah, takes time. No, it, Fabrication takes time though. And you could, you it could, get, it could get away from you in, in a day, too. So it does. Uh, we, we converted an old, it was a Cushman vacuum. Yeah. And we made it into a water trailer with okay. one of the 300 gallon chem tanks. Yeah. Yep. We mounted that on the bed of it. It was a gooseneck, and anyway, cut off the gooseneck, made it so you a bumper pull, yep. and then uh, just put a two-inch trash pump on there. Nice. And the superintendent at the time, he said, y'all, you know, it's the wintertime. We're pretty mm-hmm. slow. He says, you're going way over budget on this. You know, and I mean, we did. We took our time. Right, we right, stripped it right. down. We painted it. I mean, I wanted yeah, it to look nice, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we even stenciled H2 trailer oh, nice. on there. <laughs> you know, I mean, we the whole nine yards. Painted the wheels, new tires. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, and he's giving me all the time about going over budget on it. And then 
when they started using it, mm-hmm. he was like, I don't know why we waited so long. I mean, it was yeah. going every yeah. day. Yeah. Cause it's perfect yeah. just for, especially in the spring and we do sodden and you have five yeah. pieces of sod. You don't want to yeah. hook up a donut. Right, or right. a quick coupler's not close enough. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah, a very valuable tool. Yeah, I think and, um, yeah, that, I mean, everybody's been there where you where you do that where you you go completely overboard mm-hmm. and you just want. I think you get and different guys. I mean, there was a guy that I worked with that was had a really good artistic ability, and and I'm more about that compromise in between of production and 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 he was definitely take his time you know everything mm-hmm. had to be right angle and you know so and and there's something to be said for that there's definitely some yeah some uh, artisan guys out there that i could see taking some time on projects tell us what your favorite tool is favorite tool that's a tough one you, i listen to your podcast you know i've heard you know obviously digital i'm, I'm digital voltmeters important but mm-hmm. i wouldn't it's not my favorite you know i do think Kind of a couple things, uh, you know, I mean, I love if I, so I was thinking about, it, I'm like, well, what do I go to every day? I think probably the thing that I use the most is my three eighths impact cordless mm-hmm. uh, gun and, and three eighths impact swivel sockets. I think those yeah. two things, whether it's cutting unit disassembly, quick light mm-hmm. duty stuff, that is definitely a tool that is a huge time saver versus mm-hmm. pulling out a ratchet or an air ratchet or those days. That's definitely a must have and everybody probably does have it. I do like the stethoscope for listening for bearings. Mm-hmm. Have you ever the metal probe? Oh, that's yeah. a, that's, a, yep, that's yep. a cool tool. It's not something you pull out all the time, but it's, it's kind of neat when you can't hear anymore. You can't decipher. And they get that and the carb, carb screwdriver kit. I have an old one from the Jake dealer. It's actually a Toyota kit. It was for the, uh, the 327 liquid cooled engine. Okay. Um, and they they supplied the distributors with them, but it's a it's a Toyota product. It's it's a cool hmm. thing. You can look it up on Amazon or whoever. But it's a it's an awesome set. It has like four tips, just straight tips. And this is carburetor days, you know. I have not too mm-hmm. much of that anymore. But they're all smooth. The edges where it can get in and get jets out. And then it has a T handle to okay. leverage it off. So it's a it's a pretty cool kit. Kind of neat, something that you you'd have a hard time finding nowadays, and it's uh, definitely a lifesaver when you when you're in there doing a, a carb repair or pulling out jets in, a, in an old time. Oh engine. yeah, 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 so. for sure. I got a little uh, snap on, and it's uh, mm-hmm. it's got uh, a Phillips, a couple Phillips, a couple mm-hmm. flatheads, some Torx bits, and mm-hmm. then a pick set. Yeah, I don't remember how many pieces it is, but I found those screwdrivers work really good. Yeah, they may not, they may not stuff. bevel out that much. They might right. be straight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're straight. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That kit's come in super handy. Yeah. Yeah. What were you saying at the beginning of that? Because you may, we're, I'm going to edit this out, but you were oh. saying something and it reminded me of a good story I had. The voltmeter maybe or just the important tool or, uh, let's see. After the voltmeter. Impact stethoscope. Oh, the stethoscope. Yeah, right. yeah. And even, you know, load testers, I mean, they're all huge time savers when, mm-hmm. you know, you need to eliminate whether it's a battery or something else before you even start an electrical problem. Good old-fashioned load testers are, you know, again, just things that make our job quicker. You can do it with a multimeter, but it's a little bit harder. Right, um, right, right, right. You know, but yeah, yeah. So the, the stethoscope, mm-hmm. when I was volunteering at East Lake uh, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago for the yep. Tour Championship, 
So they have, uh, it's made by Golf Lift and it's a big green table. It's got a okay. flat plate on it. Yeah. It, yeah. It's whatever, four by eight ish. Mm-hmm. Not those dimensions, but close. Right. And it goes right. up and down, electric over hydraulic. Mm-hmm. And last year, I remember this table had this squeak mm-hmm. going up and down, a squeal mm-hmm. up and down. And we greased every point on it, lubed everything mm-hmm. we could lube, and yeah. it was still squeaking. Yeah. So I get back this year, and hopefully I haven't told this story you brought in another podcast. <laughs> but I, I get back this year, and it's still squeaking. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to Chris, the equipment manager there, and he says, I took it completely apart and mm-hmm. put it back together, mm-hmm. and it's still squeaking. I don't know where this squeak is coming from. Mm-hmm. So I asked him, I said, you got a stethoscope? He's like, I got three at home. Well, it's not doing us any good here. (laughs) So I said, you got a long screwdriver? Long screwdriver. Stick it to your ear. Same thing as the, it's not as good as a stethoscope. Really? No kidding. But it will work. I mean, it amplifies the sound. Yeah. So uh, I think it was Tommy Ritchie was there and he's going up and down with the table. And mm-hmm. I'm listening to every point I can find. And it ends yeah. up being one of the, oh, I got to tell this part of the story too. So Mike Rollins, he sees mm-hmm. me looking at the table and he mm-hmm. says, don't do it. That thing will beat you. And it was game on then. Right, like, I'm right, right. this out. Yeah. 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 This is not happening. Nice. Not on my nice. watch. So anyway, I'm listening all around. Ends up being one of the caster rollers that rolls on yeah. the ground. Yep. It was just rusty inside there. That's it. And yeah, the caster roller is probably two and a half inches wide. Mm-hmm. And they had sprayed it with lube, but it hadn't got into the center. Okay. So it just So and then when, when they, when they had a load, it wasn't moving the table, but maybe just putting the, the weight of it on there just created the squeak or was it actually? Well, no, just moving the table oh, up the, and down. <laughs> it would squeak. No load. It didn't matter if it yeah, no, okay. had a mower on it or not. Yeah. Um, okay. But it was really annoying too. That was yeah, the biggest yeah. thing. Yeah. So yeah. That was, no, I mean uh, those are those are good tools, you know, to 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 be able to uh, isolate something. And boy, things sound terrible when you put oh, yeah. that on. It's it's mm-hmm. definitely nice. It's you know it's great verification. It takes the guessing game out of it, you know. So. Well, I mean, just like that problem when you would listen from one side, it sounded like it was on the other side, and then you yeah. listen from another side, and it sounded, yep. you know, and. Like you said, you can just really pinpoint yeah. where the noise is coming from. Yeah, yeah. What do you do to relax or find your balance? I do like to golf. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a big golf. Golf and uh I do enjoy fishing out here. My son and uh, my stepson kind of got me into kayak fishing a little bit. So we're mm-hmm. kayak fishing in the ocean, which is pretty awesome. Oh, um, I bet. Kind of a neat, you know, so I'm, I'm not very good at it. I don't catch anything. Well, what do you, what, what would you uh, catch? We go out for striped bass and, okay. um, their flounder can be caught, scup can be caught. So some things like that, but it's just a, it's a neat experience. Oh, so I'll that's bet. good. Love spending time with my family and my wife and kids. And, uh, I do a lot of remodeling. We do a lot of house things that kind of actually okay. is a nice, yeah. uh, change of pace for me so i do enjoy mm-hmm. that but definitely this uh you know the later seasons uh it's been nice to get out and golf again and and uh i do enjoy that so that's been Good. uh you know and and even though i'm a work at a course i don't get tired because you're, you're at a different angle we're in the shop we get out of the shop but it's kind of nice to be out on the course and and look at it from that perspective 
um, mm-hmm. as opposed to just even a drive around like we do or whatever. It just, you see more things and, you know, it's a great game. Oh, yeah. I, li- yeah. I like the game. Well, I remember, uh, our director back in the nineties, you know, way mm-hmm. before cell phones and all that stuff, he had a little mm-hmm. voice recorder and yep. he would walk the course just like a yep. golfer would and yep. record everything he saw. All the, yeah. And then come back and take all those notes. Yeah. Yeah. And delegate. Let's yep. get it done. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely you do a difference. see it from yeah. a totally different perspective. Yep. Yep. When yep. that's happening. What's the strangest thing you've seen at work? That was a tough one too. You were telling me I've been doing this for probably 27 years and I'm like, I just don't know, you know, nothing sticks out that crazy. The only things, I mean, I think I've forgotten more. That's the, that's the hard part. I think I've even mm-hmm. information, you know, even as we do things, I'm like, you know, you, you just, you just forget processes sometimes, you know, that things oh, that yeah, you did yeah. 15 years ago. So out here, one of the funny ones was we got a, uh, we picked up a new tractor couple seasons ago and the golf course where I'm at has tunnels that go under the roads. A lot of, a lot of places would have that. And the guy, uh, went in full swing with the new tractor that was the same vintage as the other ones, just a, you know, slightly different model, but I don't know. We, nobody thought they think they, nobody even thought about it. And I get a call and he's like, you know, 15 feet into the tunnel just jammed oh, wow. with the, with the rops and the low flotation <laughs> tires. <laughs> And he was stuck. So I had to, we had to let the air out of the tires to get him out of there. You know, then we had to make accommodations. I think it was the first time we just didn't know, you know, he just, nobody thought about it. You know, he just uh-huh. thought it was not a big deal. That's so that was well, that. that was and then, one. uh, yeah, the other one, what was my other one? I had another one. Strangest thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is another one. This is kind of a bear too. The guy, I get a call. The guy's, uh, mowing tees or approaches. He's on a triplex mower. And he's, uh, the engine won't start, died out, won't start. So I go out there and, uh, you know, hit the key, you know, just, you know, it's, it's like it's, uh, just stuck, right? You know, you try and mm-hmm. turn over, but nothing. So I open up the seat and the guy's like Gore-Tex rain suit coat got completely wrapped around the pump engine coupler. Wow. To the point where it, st- where it stalled the engine. Just, I mean, this thing was, right. it probably took me. At least two and a half to three hours to cut this thing out with the utility knife. Mm. And that's the only way you were getting them. Just this thing was just totally locked up. So I don't know if that's anything great as far as strange, but it was definitely. No, uh, that's, that's it's something, something it you don't see happen every day. Right. No, I mean, it just sucked this guy's coat in. I mean, he wasn't obviously wearing it. He put, they put it behind the seat and uh, mm. maybe, uh, maybe the manufacturer could put some guards on there. We'll see. That's but, funny. uh, that's a good. Yeah. Yeah. It was a tough one to get out. What's one of your pet peeves around the shop? Pet peeves, probably, you know, like everybody else, you know, nobody likes any, you know, when you put things away, um, mm-hmm. and don't say anything, you know, I think we've, maybe we'll talk about this later too, just like the adage of how, how positive a, an equipment manager or mechanic at a golf course is that isn't angry all the time at mm-hmm. guys and then how that just rubs off on them and how they will, gladly bring you everything that's broken versus yeah. they're afraid to bring you stuff that's broken. So you definitely mm-hmm. got to get on that other side. And I'm not saying if you have the same, my motto would be like, listen, everybody makes mistakes. You do something once, that's fine. You do it two or three times, then there's some problem that needs to be communicated through the channels, yeah. the proper channels, and that's that. Right. But 
But I, I found in my career that, you know, if you're, if we're fixing things, they love that. And then they're going to tell you about everything and sometimes too many things. But mm-hmm. pet peeve wise, pet peeve wise might be when you see someone filling a tire for like three days straight and they never come and tell you about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. a low tire. Like, you know, there's just don't right. go low. There's, there's uh-huh. a leak. Yeah, I mean, there yeah. might be a chance they caught something on the sidewall and knocked the air out and you can't find the leak. But if I see somebody doing that, that's like maybe one that people just accept as normal sometimes, too. They'll be like, oh, we, you yes. just got to put air in it. Mm-hmm. Well, you do, but we also need to let me know and we could pull the tire off and look for well, the puncture or whatever's going on. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's pretty trivial, but it's it's one of the ones that I see that kind of this education. No, I'm glad you brought that up because I don't think that one's been brought up before. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have seen that happen a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you like the third day, you're like, what are you doing? Right, right, right. It's, it's not normal. It's not part of the morning yeah. jobs. Right. You know? It shouldn't be. And yeah, a lot of guys no. just think, you know, they just think that, hey, I got it. It's just, you know, either I don't know if the disconnect on it, but I don't know if they think that's I have looked at it and haven't seen it, or I'm not sure what, but, you know, now communication, that's all. So we'll just let everybody right, right. know. Do you have a mentor in the industry? So I've had a couple. You know, obviously, you know, growing up, uh, you know, or bringing, coming into the industry the way I did, very green, uh, very thankful for the people that trained me and, and taught me from the guy that gave me the first job to the guy that mm-hmm. hired me at the distributor. And took a chance and, you know, and invested in me. So with that, oh, and even from guys working at, you know, you talk about just the camaraderie of an association of, you know, getting together with guys in your local area. But it's even a step further when you're at the at, uh, the benefit of working with technicians in your shop is mm-hmm. with assistants and, uh, you know, in other guys. And it's amazing how you play off each other and you start to, you know, you know, everybody can, you know, they just, they, they look at things differently than the way that you would mm-hmm. attack something differently. And, you know, I remember I had a couple of older automotive guys that were at the distributorship and, and they were characters, but man, they were good old fashioned, you know, taught mm-hmm. you how to, you know, get in there and find something. And, and, you know, for an electrical problem, there came a point when you needed to pull up in the harness and, and, uh, and there were things like that. So very grateful for all the, you know, the people that, uh, that, you know, invested in me and, 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 and hopefully I've done that along my career to uh, guys that I've, uh, had work for me. So that's about it. You know, and I've had awesome. good super superintendents that have been good role models and, and good, mm-hmm. uh, mentors as far as, uh, you know, just, just positive and backing what you're doing, you know, and, and being behind you. And that's a, that's a big, you know, that's a big part too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If, if you're working for somebody that doesn't, there, that you feel that doesn't have your mm-hmm. back, that makes yeah. the situation really tough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. What would be your dream job or opportunity? I said the PGA golfer, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> be, that's be, a dream job. Be pay, yeah. Be pay, paid to play golf, but you got to be yeah. good. No, you know what? Uh, you know, I think dream job would be the, you know, the perfect work balance and compensation, right? You know, you're just, mm-hmm. we're, we're always striving for that. Enjoy your job and do things. I feel like I've had a bunch of, of dream jobs. You know, I've, I've, I've mm-hmm. had very, been very fortunate in, in where I've been and in, in the jobs that I've had. So. No, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What technician would you like to work with for a day? Oh, man. Yeah. Is the default answer have to be you? That's why I hear a lot of guys. Oh, uh, no, no. <laughs> I don't. So. 
I really, really struggled with this. Yeah. Because I wanted to ask this question. Yeah. And then I wanted to put on there, not me. Yeah. And then yeah. I, and then I thought, was well, that too? Yeah. You know, arrogant, like they would really right. pick me. Right. So I don't want to put that in there and come no, off that no. way. No. And then, no, it's because guys, so, guys, they yeah. hear you and they, 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 they would like to spend a day with you. You know, you're definitely. Well, and anybody you know, wants to spend a day with me is more yeah. than welcome. Yeah. Yeah. I, you so I, I'm. I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking, you know what? I, I wouldn't mind checking out Hector just to see what the heck he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. He came by, he came by my shop when I was in Illinois and okay. he never, I, I got to call him out on this because he never used, he did. A, I don't know if we were like the trainee. It was when he was doing his road tour on, uh-huh. um, what was it on tools? Was he doing, was he doing like a, a tip or tool or something? I don't want to say tips and tricks. That's what you're, yeah, yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. going well, on. Well, I think it was kind of. It, it was something like that, right? He went to, yeah. he went to some different golf courses and he stopped and, uh, it was cool. It was nice to meet him. And he did some, uh, he shot everything with the camera. And then I never saw, I never saw uh, a thing on, on, the, on yeah. the video, on the, uh, on his channel or whatever. So I get, we give him a hard time on that, but. Yeah, so I just, just in a joking way, it'd be fun to see him. You know, honestly, and I, it would be kind of cool to go see, uh, Whoever the equipment manager is at the uh, Masters at Augusta. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's down in your neck of the woods there. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know who's there currently. Yeah. Fred Hartenstein yeah. was the mm-hmm. technician when I worked for Jerry Pate, the Toro distributor, mm-hmm. in oh eight oh nine. Yeah. Fred yeah. was there, and I know Fred was there up until the last year or two. Yeah. And I heard that they were looking for someone, but I never mm-hmm. heard if it got filled or not. And you know, yeah. a lot of that yeah. is like cloak and dagger and hush yeah. hush yeah. stuff. Yeah, it is. It is. Know. That's why it would be kind of fun to go there, I yeah. think, you know, just to do that. But I mean, it's just like the course. They have an amazing maintenance facility and yeah. set up. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. It's really cool. incredible operation they got going on there. Mm-hmm. What do you know now you wish you'd known on day one? Maybe to wear welding glasses. They're a welding okay. helmet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Did you do a lot, of, a lot of welding oh, with no, no protection it was funny. or the, what? The first guy, the first guy that, that, that hired me. So, you know, I'm green, right? And he was doing a fabrication project on a trailer, on a big double axle trailer. And he was welding flat stock on the side rails to hold clamps or to hold, uh, ratchet straps. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was helping him, you know, again, this is back 25 years ago. And so I'm helping him, and uh, I think all I did was stare at the light for about the first couple as I'm the hold guy. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. boy, did my eyes hurt that night. I And I think one of the guys that worked there said something. I think you, had, you cut cut a couple of potatoes, and you put potatoes on your eyes. I think it's supposed, oh, to, wow. supposed to do that. But, boy, they hurt open or shut. You'll never do that again after you do something like that. So Yeah, I bet. Um, no. Safety first. No, no, no. Safety first, yep. That's so, right. Always. Yeah, so kind of a spoof thing. That would be probably that. But, you know, no, I mean, I think honestly, um, there's not like this light bulb that goes off. It'd be like, oh, I, you know, I could, should have done things this way. I mean, I really, mm-hmm. really, you know, I worked hard. Opportunities always came available and, you know, I acted on them. At least, you know, the, the ones that I, that I did act and there may have been mm-hmm. other ones that I might have missed, but I think everything is, I can't really say that, oh, wow, if I had really done this, things would have been a, a right. this way or this way, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, I um, understand that. Yeah, yeah. And back to getting burnt with the welder. 
So my blacksmith buddy that I talk about mm-hmm. on here all the time, Tom, when I was helping him, and I would be holding something, before yeah. he would pull the trigger on the MIG gun, he would mm-hmm. say, cover. Yeah. Cover up. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought that was really good. And oh, yeah. I mean, that works anywhere. It don't matter yeah. where you're at. Yes. But if Absolutely. there's other people around, tell them to watch their eyes. Absolutely. It's Especially simple. if they're holding stuff for you. Yeah, Well, yeah. you just, you can't assume that people are going to, you know, well, maybe, maybe they are. And yeah, it was just a hard case. Well, I mean, that was the other thing that I was really guilty of is I would be holding something and he would say cover up and then he would, you know, tack it or whatever he was doing. Right. And I'm right. still holding and I really want to open my eyes. So I open my eyes. Right. Right. And, but if he's going again, he would just say cover. Yeah. So I, yeah. I knew when to close my eyes. Yeah. And, no, that's, you know, yeah. I don't know. That's it worked a, pretty that's well. That's a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. So get ready for tips and tricks. What are the latest tips and tricks you want to share with us? Latest tips and tricks. And they don't even have to be latest. They yeah. could be the oldest. That's why I got to go back. I can't remember any yeah. tips and tricks. Um, Whatever tips you got. Uh, we'll be know. happy to hear. I mean, as far as like just sharing, I'm sure a bunch of guys, I'm sure a lot of the guys already do these things, but I'm just thinking of things that, you know, make, make life easier for us while we're, you know, diagnosing, troubleshooting, whatever. Remote start switch. You know, I mean, that's something that probably everybody should have in their box. If you don't, I would definitely recommend you get one. You know, it's mm-hmm. hooking up two jumper leads and it's a push button switch and it enables you to bypass a solenoid to check, you know, is the starter good or is it a solenoid? And, and then if it's not that, you got to go digging. You know, those are kind of neat. I also do keep all of the, the connectors from, you know, not all of them, but I keep a good portion of interesting connectors from if you ever have to replace a switch or an interlock switch. We've got Hirschman connectors, Weatherpack connectors, Deutsch connectors, all different mm-hmm. ones. They're great for making jumpers out of to yep. test purposes. You know, so for right, anything right. for test purposes is, is I always will keep these male and female connectors because mm-hmm. you, you know, you can't go jamming. Uh, alligator clips in with these connectors now. They're so, they're so fine. You, if you even spread anything, you know, you even, you know, put the probes in, you could spread those and then they might not make contact good. Right, right. So, you know, using the correct connector to then jump or test or at, then attach your alligator leads. Mm-hmm. I mean, those, those things are, those things are pretty cool. So, you know, before you throw it away, you know, if it's a, even if, you know, just, just keep clip it, put it in your box in a bag. No, I think that's a really, really good one. And so far, I don't remember anybody saying that. And I've been doing that for years. And Mm -hmm. I don't know who taught me to do that or where I thought of it. You know, I'm sure it wasn't an original idea to me. I probably saw somebody else do that. Or or you just came across it and you're probably like, hey, it would be nice to have a connector. And then the next time time you do that, you're like, I'm going to just take this one. And, you know, it's, it's garbage anyway, so I'm going to cut it and keep the leads. Well, yeah, to take it one step further, I don't think a lot of the turf guys know, but I think more of the automotive guys do know mm-hmm. about the little tools to take those connectors apart. Yep, yep. And you can replace the terminals in there, the spades yep. or yep. the the female side. You can buy all those online yep. for extra cheap yep. instead of – and I'm going to remember in my Toro days – if you need to replace one of those, you had to buy a whole wire harness. Oh, yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, yeah. That's, that's how they what get, a joke. Yeah. I know. And I think John Deere does sell some of the connector components. Yeah, yeah. Or they yeah. did. I don't know that they still do. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think the hard part is just keeping up. They keep changing them. So it's like, you mm-hmm. know, you, you get all set up for one and then they've changed the style connector and you just got to keep up with it. But yeah, I think the, the knowledge would be knowing that all of that is available and you can buy the crimping pliers and the tool and the weather pack oh, yeah. inserts yeah. and all that kind of stuff is huge. But yeah, yeah, I think that's a I, great point. I thought about this just recently doing a class at GIS or the mm-hmm. golf industry show yeah. on yeah. connectors. Yeah. And then. So if anybody listening wants to steal this idea and do a class for GIS, I'll help you put it together nice. and I'll ride your coattails. Yeah. However you want to do it. I think that's a good thing. Or, or I'll help you with it. Whatever. I think that would be a, a good class for a lot yeah. of the people. Yeah. Learning, yeah. you know, what each one's called, just like you were talking about, Metropac right. and right. the Deutz right. and all those. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Yeah. Just make it easier. So when you're working on whatever and you need to replace a connector, you know what it's called, you know where you can go get it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that'd be Good awesome. Stuff. I think that'd be I'm great. I'm sorry I didn't mean to sidetrack you. I get all no, excited I, about I, electrical connectors. I, no, no. I think that's what's great. That's what I was kind of hoping would happen because I didn't want to just be in a, you know, like I said, just a me give you down what I thought about for the answers and just hoping we'd have a good conversation about things. Well, um, un- unfortunately, probably the first uh, at least twenty five guests they had to deal with that. No, oh, yeah. I just asked them the the questions. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I I want to say hopefully I'm a better host now oh, than I, I was yeah. in, in the beginning. Oh, I I mean, from what I've heard, you, you're 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 doing just fine. I mean, I think thank it's you, great. I think you. the conversations flow great with guys, and it's a it's a neat thing. So I, I think it's just pretty awesome what you're doing. I think the last thing for tips would be. Just being creative, which again, I'm sure all the guys out there are doing it. But if you're not, you know, be creative with your service tools. I mean, obviously, again, I'm going to buy the service tool if it's economically makes sense and it's a no brainer and it's something that you can't make. But if you can see what they've called for and make something in the shop that does it or something from a punch to get a bushing, a bushing out that you have to put a notch in to get around just being a completely mm-hmm cylindrical surface with no, you know, recess in there. There are ways to make tools to kind of knock things out and do things. So I'm sure guys, you know, you know, are already doing that, but you know, those are just, you know, don't feel like uh, you're, you're limited to what's out there as far as the, you know, the tools that you're buying at the stores or the snap on or the trucks, you know, if you got to fabricate something or do something to, to make life easier, you know, yeah, yeah, no, that's another really good point. And I, Pretty sure I saw it in the WhatsApp groups and John uh, Brosso. He made, and I don't remember what he was working on, honestly. I think it was a hydraulic fitting, but he made a wrench that went on the hydraulic fitting and he could use his air hammer. And actually, I was reminded of it today because I seen a a set in uh, the O'Reilly's tool catalog Mm -hmm. and they make those for removing fan clutches. On yes. Automobiles. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so he made one to loosen the yeah. hydraulic fitting that yeah. he couldn't get a wrench into. Yeah. 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 Offset wrenches are huge too, right? I mean, everybody knows mm-hmm. you know about that, but yeah. Uh, oh, the other thing was the, just the impact driver. I think that's kind of a, an underutilized tool. We uh, all use it. Yeah, we yeah. all use them for bed knife screws, right? On certain, mm-hmm. well, most guys, I mean, some guys still might use a punch, but, but honestly, on, on any kind of small, whether it's the uh, socket head screw on a universal uh, groomer box or 
you know, the drain plugs and planetaries, yep. small Phillips bits that you know, even with an impact cordless gun, you will round them. But I that mean, impact, yeah. when you hit that impact driver with a hammer, that thing just bites in and it gets the smallest mm-hmm. things out. And you just, I think, uh, you know, don't just think of it as a tool for bed knife screws. Definitely use it, uh, on any small frame, you know, or whatever, a tapered pan head thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, you know, even the no, uh, things that. That's another good one. Awesome. What else do you want to talk about here? I think that's that for that. Um, yeah. are, are we at the section where we're, uh, yeah, let's, let's get in, to, uh, get into the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Not that the other stuff wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you know, I guess for me in the, um, in the years of doing this to, to just chit chat and share and just throw it out there again, guys may, and them, it sounds like a lot of guys are already doing things, you know, they're doing awesome things and, but there's a, you know, maybe a bunch of guys that aren't sure or new it, new to the field and, you know, mm-hmm. not sure what the best, you know, best practices and things like that. But I've always, to me, communication is huge as far as an equipment manager with the superintendent or however your, the hierarchy is, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, with the assistants and then the super or what. But I have found that if, if you are communicating and you're, you're talking on a daily basis and you're communicating with the other, you know, what, what his needs are, what your needs are, things just go so much smoother. I mean, there's no, Hey, oh, we're air flying tomorrow and you had no, mm-hmm. no heads up. I mean, just, and that's just a, a you know, one example, but. Just things like that that make our lives easier, and in our lives we want to make their lives easier, right? They want to set the crew for a for a day of you know a day of work. We don't they don't want to be uh, changing up jobs because uh, something went down because we never got a chance to check it out, you mm-hmm. know. So I just exactly. think there's so many problems that can be avoided by just that you know good communication, and even if it's you know shop things, you know I I think. Uh, John Patterson, I was listening to that podcast and he was talking about, uh, getting the TIG welder, I think. And I think you gave him a hard time about it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and he went and explained, Hey, I'm going to do this, uh, pat, this fab project. It'd be great if I had this machine. And I, if, mm-hmm. is, if you make the case and you make it in the right way, I, you know, there, everybody, you know, they'll be on board most nine times out of 10. They're going to be on board and support what you want to do as long as you mm-hmm. know the facts and you've done your homework and you can prove why you need it and justify it just the way that they have to with a board or with whatever. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think getting equipment managers to kind of uh, approach our jobs in that way, uh, as far as, you know, taking ownership of being responsible for budgets mm-hmm. and bringing that to their attention and things like that just, just go a long way. Well, I'd also like huge, to yeah. say the the communication is a two way street. Absolutely, and it's not just you know direct communication or telling the superintendent or who whoever your boss is what you need. You know, ask them what they need. Right, right. Because uh, you know, a lot of times I feel like they're not giving me the information I need, so I'll go ask. Yeah. Because I want that yeah. information right now. And if they don't yeah. know it, that's okay. Because yeah. I know they like to change their mind. Yeah. Not that they like to. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, weather and all that stuff. So, right. you right. know, plans change frequently. Absolutely. And I, and I understand that. But I want to be as proactive as I can. I mean, just case in point, I don't want to set all the greens mowers up and park them in the back of the shop 
and then them come in at two o'clock when we leave at three or three thirty and say we want to run groomers tomorrow mm-hmm. so exactly. i make i make it you know i asked them in the morning you going to run groomers tomorrow we still you mm-hmm. know when you kind of get in these routines and yeah, yeah. kind of know what to expect but right. i asked yeah that's yeah. my advice anyway. It, it is. I mean, and that's, it's, it's, it sounds simple, but it's like those are the things that just make the days go smoother. And then the, you know, the, the, when you're trying to plan things out, you know, just, I think, uh, you know, much better. I think uh, you've been doing a lot with the, you know, so I'm going to switch gears. So that's communication. The other thing I would say, uh, you know, that I found, uh, huge is just maintenance software. Mm-hmm. And it, doesn't have to be that it could be a dry erase board but maintenance software is definitely way more efficient and it sounds like more and more guys are getting involved and and yes it takes a lot of time on our end to do it but boy is it, it's it's like having having the fleet managed efficiently with software you, you know helping you do that is just so much better than just you running around trying to track everything down i've always been huger than i just think that's that's been that's allowed me to be more efficient shop. Oh, yeah, you know, you're sure. tracking things, you know, from, you know, and, and you can, you know, can be as, you know, big and bad as you want it. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, everybody wants to track assets. We all need to mm-hmm. do scheduled maintenance. We all need to do work orders. We want to remember what the heck we did two weeks ago, or did we have a problem right, on right. a particular piece of equipment? And, you know, you could take an hour looking in files or you could be a couple clicks away. And, you know, mm-hmm. these are things that, you know, inventory, I think we talked about this at the, with the CTM inventory on the computer. I think you guys are talking about bars code. I mean, that, that's awesome, uh, mm-hmm. with the scanners, but just having it in a database that you can access that you can then know. I mean, our parts rooms are getting quite, quite large and to mm-hmm. go, even though we may be the one that put things away, somebody else needs to go in there and get something, or even we need to go in there and get something. You could, you could spend, you might, you might have the shelf right, but you could be digging for five, 10 minutes, 15 mm-hmm. minutes for a bag of parts or electrical components. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And to know that you have it based on your inventory and then go right to a location and get it, you just shave 30 minutes off a job. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's just so many things that make the day and it really comes out when you, Go to a new location, for example, if you go to a place that maybe things weren't structured right and you're taking a year to get things or six months to get things in order. And it's, it's incredible. When you leave a place of, of organization and go to disorganization, boy, do you mm-hmm. realize how important that is and how much lost time that you have in a job doing a repair when you can't find anything, nothing is in its right spot. I think that's a huge thing. I, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, so, yeah. Well, and to add on to that a little bit on the whole parts inventory deal, Mm -hmm. what I love is the minimum threshold Mm -hmm. for what you need in there. So you use it, you put it on a work order, and then it gets taken out of your inventory, and then it gives me a report on what I need to order because it's real easy to, you know, not keep the stock you want to keep. Right. And then the other thing on inventory that I see, and you said that the parts – rooms are getting bigger i think they're going to continue to get a lot bigger yeah with the whole supply chain and yeah i mean i'm it actually makes me sick to say supply chain because i've heard it so many times yeah you know so whatever this excuse is it's uh a pain in our neck for sure yeah yeah and i think we're gonna have to start stocking more parts yeah yeah 
even even at uh, it, it may almost make sense to stock more parts because costs are going up. It just in lieu of price right, increases, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, certain yeah. things. I mean, like we all do it for winter programs. Do you guys, you guys have winter? Yeah, program still have uh, winter. I mean, we do some slow thing, down. But, but do they do do they do they do uh, specials on maintenance equipment at certain times of the year? The distributors down yeah. there, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so same, same. Like bed knives may run cheaper from this month to that month. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, a couple of yeah, uh, JRM they got a winter. Yeah, special. You get a certain yeah, amount special. off if you yeah. order this or whatever. Right, right. And then the Toro distributor and the John Deere distributor, yeah. they have some yeah. kind of winter maintenance yeah. program. Yeah. You spend this much yeah. money, you save 10% or yep. whatever. Yeah. It is. yeah. 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 So I think definitely doing that kind of stuff. And then, you know, training, you know, just keep up on training. You know, it's just things, technology's moving quick. We all got to stay on top of it and it just makes us better technicians, better equipment managers. The quicker we can get in and diagnose something, the better. Always a big fan of, you know, service manuals, electrical schematics, you know, not just throwing darts, being able to understand things, break it, break it down, simplify it, whether it's that or hydraulics. One thing that I got to say, I really mm -hmm. like, I got a uh, big screen TV and yep. so it's sitting over our toolbox and it's, I don't, you know, whatever, 55 inches, 60 yep. inches, yep. whatever it is. But you put a PDF Ooh. schematic on there. That might be good. It is awesome. That would be great. And it's, is yeah. it a touch, it's not a touch screen. Uh, no, TV, no, though, no. It's, it's yeah, not a yeah. touch screen. So all it is, I mean, it's a regular TV mm-hmm. and then I'm using a uh, Chrome box. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like the Chrome book, but it's a Chrome yeah. box and the TV is just a big display. Yeah, no, that's box. awesome. That's a great. I didn't and, think about that. Yeah, and it it is awesome. I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be pretty cool to have a uh, a life size uh, schematic to uh, go up to. Um, uh, yeah, well, and I remember like in the when I was working for the distributor, and I got a fifteen mm-hmm. inch monitor, yeah. and I'm scrolling and scrolling yeah. trying to yeah. find yeah. the component I'm looking for. It's such a pain, right. but you put it on oh, that yeah. big TV, and you can oh, see yeah. the whole thing right there. Yeah, yeah, and that's probably something that actually more common now too with this with the shops whether it's the uh for the you know multiple technicians they got to have a station mm-hmm. out there so they can access work orders and whatever or it's uh a tv with a job board for maintenance crews if you're sharing the shop yeah. at that end of it and uh if you can access that that's pretty cool well yeah it's kind of got crazy because in our break room we got two 70 inch tvs wow and as soon as you walk out of the break room there's another job board TV there, and it's the same mm-hmm. size as the TV over my toolbox. Mm-hmm. And using Task Tracker, I got the the job board, the technician job board, running mm-hmm. over the toolbox. Nice. And then nice. you know yeah. we can look parts up there, do what right. I mean. It just awesome. works just like a computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I no, got a great. parts order list, and I got two guys working for me in the shop. Oh, that's and, awesome. You know, they look up all their own parts and, you yep. know, if they got a yeah. question or whatever. Yeah. But I remember, you know, for years where I had a guy or two helping me in the shop and all I done was sit behind the computer because I was looking parts up or ordering mm-hmm. parts or, you yep. know, or doing the whole inner work orders, closed right. work orders. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't sign up to yeah. be behind the desk all day. And, and that's where there has to be a good balance. And that's where I think, you know, again, it, it's it's what you get, what you put into is what you get out of it. And initially there is, at least almost on everyone I've mm-hmm. ever used, there's yeah. that initial load of you inputting data in 
and you keeping up with it. But then the idea is jobs are already printed, parts are already pre-filled so that it's literally clicks or whatever. You want to make it as mm-hmm. easy as possible to close the ticket and not right, be right. doing things and add a note if you need to add a note and then take have parts are taken out of inventory. I think that's where it saves us the time. And then when it pulls right. schedules. So t- taking that time to make the schedule so that all that stuff is in there. It, once you do that, it pays you back big time, but it does, it does take time and you just got to, you just kind of got to get through it. If, if, if you want to go that route, if you don't, right, right. If you're yep. doing something else and, one way or you know, the other. The notebook, not for everybody. It, it works yeah. too, but yeah. it, like yeah. you said, it's definitely not yeah. as efficient and right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could have a folder for every piece of equipment and look up jobs and everything's handwritten. That, mm-hmm. that works too. I mean, something's better than nothing, you know, so I, you know, rec- you want to do something. But there are great tools out there that, again, that's the case of bringing, making the case for why you need this. I, I think it would be very, find it hard pressed to find someone to fight you on an asset maintenance software or something when you have most of, most people have two and a half to, you know, three and a half, four million dollars worth of equipment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, per, so, per, pretty easy to, to sell yeah. that one for right, sure. Right, right, right. So. Well, yeah, do you so want to talk about CTAM for a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Sure. And wanna, that process and how yeah. much you enjoyed it? Oh, I enjoyed it. Um, you, no, it's you, a, you enjoyed getting ready for I, it. I enjoyed getting ready yeah. for it. It honestly, I want to thank you guys. And, and, and unfortunately I only know you and a few other guys by names that are, that are involved with it. But I know there's so many more people in, and even Diane with, uh, at, at GCSA. Mm-hmm. I just think there's, there's, you, you guys are, it is great that you took, put the time in to do this for us and and you as well but it's just you know a lot of times unless you've been on a board or served or you don't realize the amount of time it takes and it was a you know pretty pretty awesome sacrifice that a lot of people have done to to get this to where it is i love the professionalism on the gcsaa with alongside mm-hmm. of us with this yeah i mean when the test when the level one level two came out i think i was just a tad behind when they started coming out and i'm like yeah i'm gonna i want to get i want to get involved with this i want to get back and and stay stay in the in the in the groove with everything and and i knew what i read about it you know and they talked about the final stage of ctem it wasn't developed yet then it was coming out and i kind of had a hunch it might kind of follow the superintendent certified superintendent mm-hmm. track as far as that final step so when that came, when that came out and, uh, you guys released, it's very thorough. I mean, it is a great, it's a great testing tool to, mm-hmm. you know, get your, get your ducks in order and kind of makes you reflect on safety. A lot of different things oh, that we yeah. don't just yeah. always think about. We just think about, all right, just doing our job and, you know, we don't think about the facility as far as like, you know, getting things prepared. Yeah, are yeah. we really up to, up to speed on things? And. So I think, uh, it's a great, it's, it's a great thing to go through for, for your facility, uh, mm-hmm. for you. I think it's just a, it's just a great, uh, I'm very proud of it. I, I think it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a neat thing. And I just love the, the, the feedback and the, uh, the publicity that the, how, how the GCSA puts out the, uh, supports it. And mm-hmm. I just think that's, uh, that's just kind of a neat thing. When, to speak on the process a little mm-hmm. bit, I was fortunate enough to be involved with the process pretty mm-hmm. much from infancy. Yeah. And I don't remember what, if that was 2015 mm-hmm. or it might have been 2016 mm-hmm. uh, when 
the first year I was on the task group and we were talking about all this. Yes. Yep. And that was our ultimate goal is to get to a certified equipment manager. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even know what it was called at that point, but we yep. knew yep. we wanted a certified something. Yeah. And it was an amazing process. And I don't, each year there's, I don't, 10 ish people on the task mm-hmm. group mm-hmm. and they all share the load. Yeah. So the amount of hands, well, not even just the people on the task group, because when we were doing EMCP level one and level two, we got other people that wouldn't on the task group, like John Patterson, the name mm-hmm. one. I think uh, Frank McQuiggan wrote some questions. I mean, there's people from all over the country helping yeah. write test questions. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, where would we be? Where would we be if it wasn't for? GCSAA and all the other people that put the time and effort in to yeah, get us to yeah. this point. Yep. And yep. I want to say congratulations on earning oh. your CT designation. Thank you. Very Thank you. awesome. And I was lucky enough to get to interview you or attest you, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interviewing yeah. you now. I tested yeah. you then alongside Brian Bressler. Yep. And he's also a certified turf equipment manager. And it's just so great. I mean, it's it's the pinnacle of our career. Yeah. We yeah, can't go uh, any higher than where right. we're at right now. Right. And right. It feels pretty good. Yeah, I I like it. I, I think it's a, it's just and it's a good you know it's it's a good measuring stick for the industry to kind of not to say that you know just because you have anything that you know you got to at the end of the day you got to roll up your sleeves and you got to do work and oh, you yeah. got to get the job. You got to do the work. You know, you can't just rely on your you right, know, right. certificate, you know, but, but it, it does set a standard. And I think that's pretty neat. I think everybody's, you know, really wants that. I think like in our end, we all kind of, you know, want to get to that next level or we want to be involved. At least I always want to be involved with training to be able to access such and such, whether it's, and that's a whole nother talk too. I think that may be another podcast to be like where the technology is going nowadays as compared to automotive. So I had to, you know, the, I was able to work on quite a few vehicles at the, the maintenance facility I was at before this, where we had mm-hmm. a fleet of trucks. And so you see that whole side of things. And, you know, the automotive from scan tools to, you know, testing equipment, but it's very open-ended to the, to the end user shop, right? Where you can access modules, get codes and mm-hmm. do things like that. And in our equipment in the industry, there are info centers that are things are built in, but then where our hands are kind of tied, if we get a module for XYZ and the module's blank, it needs to be programmed. Is this something that we can work with manufacturers and say, hey, we're we're certified guys or we can take such and such to get certified and then pay a subscription to mm-hmm. have access to be able to do this. And I'm not saying they just carte blanche, just let everybody do things, but go through, set your set your standard on what you're looking for, because it just allows us to be able to, A, there could be geographical things that guys just cannot get there if it's mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a, a service dealer in the area. Obviously, when things are in warranty, they're in warranty. But, you know, things are going to happen, you know, four and five years out of the road and, and you know, I always want to be able to try to do as much as we can in the, in the way that we should be doing it. And yeah, uh, I agree. And I don't know when we're going to get there. And I, you know, I hear all kind of stuff like, Oh, it'll never happen. Yeah. But I know John Deere Mm -hmm. has released service advisor Mm 
and mm-hmm. it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact price. You got to buy mm-hmm. a laptop dedicated yep. for service yep. advisor. Yep. And I mean, you're probably in three grand or something, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. is probably out of the reach for most courses. Right. Right. As far as I know, Toro and honestly, I don't know anything about Jake, so I can't speak on that, mm-hmm. but Toro has not released any stuff. Mm-hmm. Kubota has not released mm-hmm. any stuff, which is a big frustration for me because I got several Kubota tractors and mm-hmm. they'll throw a code and it'll have to, uh, I forget what they call it, but it's a factory regen. So yeah. it has to be hooked to a laptop. Yeah. And my Kubota dealer doesn't have a road technician. So yeah. we got to send the tractor to them. Right. Wait yeah. however many weeks right. or a month for, a, for, a- for them. For a laptop, computer. Exactly. I'm not saying, I mean, these are, these are good examples and I'm not saying we need to have access to every engine controller out there and all that. I, I, I get that, but there are certain procedures that you're, you're plugging a laptop in, you're, you're putting a calibration in, you're putting in a program, it runs the program, we're done, you know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's no different than automotive. So it's been done in that market. So I, it, you know, there will always be dealer level things, but there are definitely a lot of things that are released to the end user if they have the scan tool. And, you mm-hmm. know, so, you know, maybe that's something, I mean, it's definitely something that in the future, as everything has more modules and computers, it's just, it's going to be going that route. They do try to do a decent job of supplying some things with us, but with info centers and that, but it's definitely something to look for in the future. Maybe there's a lot, lot to be desired on yeah. my end anyway. Getting but, more uh, right, stuff right. there, but I feel like if with CTEM, with getting back to that, I mean, I think when you kind of have a large grouping of certified turf equipment managers now, kind of coming forward saying, "Hey, well, hey, you know, maybe that catches the ear of you know now their guys know that we're serious about this business and serious about learning. You know, maybe manufacturers will." slightly open the doors a little bit more maybe no that's that's an excellent point and i really hope that happens i mean that would be awesome and yeah why not yeah yeah because to get the certification you got to go through a lot of rigorous safety procedure stuff so it's not like we're we don't want to be environmental Right. friendly and we don't want to go in there and delete all the emission codes right, or, you right. know i mean all that stuff exactly right. we just want to be able to repair our equipment right the correct way and get it operating again right because yep. at the end of the day that's our job right that's what we're right. supposed to do yep and yep. yeah my boss didn't hire me so i could call somebody else to come work on it right right you know no no that's, that's well said i mean no, that's exactly it. I mean, and again, obviously, we you know there are limitations to everything. I'm not saying we're we we've got to know we have to have 100 um, percent access right. to everything, but there, I think there are definitely things that you know uh, can be done. So in the future, so hopefully that well, and that's what, and I don't know the difference. I've never even been in John Deere Service Advisor, but I've heard that it's the end user level. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it's got different access stuff than mm-hmm. the dealer level, and that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But if you yeah. can get in there and do the common stuff that you exactly. need to do, right? And maybe that's a way that they start to that they start to do it. And then I think we'll probably have the same issue of you know you don't need to get as long as you know you can just upload software or do something like that. Have one computer, but you know connectors, things like that. That will be mm-hmm. an investment. But then that each shop, I guess. 
being able to have the choice to either budget, whether if you're 100% John Deere or you're 100% Toro, then you might say, okay, it's, it's worth us, it worth worth right. it for us to invest in this software or subscription, and mm-hmm. you know, and and the equipment. If it's not, then at least have that have that opportunity or that choice to do that. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. I just want a choice. Yeah. Yeah. And no, you know, I, and I got a choice with John Deere. Right. And I want a choice with Toro yeah. and Kubota yeah. and yeah. and all the other manufacturers. Yeah. Yeah. Or if OTC or one of the snap on, exactly. if somebody, right. them, one of them want to come out with a tool. Yeah. Give us an option here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Something. sorry I got so sidetracked because we're no. talking about CTEM <laughs> and how great of a designation <laughs> that is. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it's also, it's, I think, you know, it rolled over to, you know, yeah. Yeah. again, I think the more, the more people in our field that are doing this and, and the bigger, the bigger group, the better and sets the standard. But yeah, it's a great process. It is a great process. And I heard a superintendent say if the superintendent wanted to get certified, it would be good to have the equipment manager get certified first. Because if he did, then the shop is in order pretty much for their certification. (laughs) You know, and I I mean, he was being serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because, Yeah. yeah, it's really squared away you got to have all oh, yeah. your ducks yeah. in a row yeah and there's quite a few show stoppers yeah in the rubric that they yeah. came up with but i i love it's very uh you guys did a good job on there are no surprises too i think that's the big that's that's another neat thing it's not you're not trying to trip guys up you're laying it all out they're very thorough and you know getting you the rubric go over it practice it Mm-hmm. Making sure everything is there if it isn't. And, and then, and then hopefully then this isn't just like, you know, we don't just want to do this for the show. We want, you want to implement it or it has been implemented throughout. That's the end result. You know, obviously you want to be safe and you want to do things the right way, but this is just a great, it just everything's out there. There's no surprises. And that will be the challenge. I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of us, you know, shops can be, they can, become bad really quick and mm-hmm. just from years of people and cl- collecting things. So it's good house cleaning, you know, it's definitely yeah, yeah. good. No, you know? really good. And everything I've heard, Diana does an excellent job telling everybody, here's the rubric. These are yep. the things. Oh yeah. Just yep. go through and grade yourself. Yep. And yep. you'll kind of know. Yeah. And speaking personally at my shop, I found a handful of stuff that I had to correct. Yeah. And it made my facility more safer. Yeah, me too. And I'm the same thing. No, nobody there said, oh, you don't need to be doing this, making mm-hmm. us more safer. I mean, you no. know, everybody right. wants that. Right. Why not? Right. And it right. wouldn't, you know, neglect on our part that we didn't care. Right. It was just something we ha- hadn't thought about. Right. right. So it's, it's definitely eye-opening, too, going through that yeah. process yeah. and getting things squared away. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you guys did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. You ready for some rapid fire questions? I guess so. All right. Let's do it. What's your favorite movie? Caddyshack. Oh, right. Great. I love it. I don't know if anybody go- said that. You can't either. be at a golf course and have not quoted that. Come on, guys. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. It gets quoted all the time. Yeah, all right. For sure. What would be your last meal? Yeah, probably steak. Okay. Yeah. What are you getting with it? Potato? Potato. 
Potatoes yeah, and right. vegetables. Meat, yeah, yeah. meat and potato guy. <laughs> meat Love and potato it. guy. What are you most proud of? Most proud of, uh, I'm most proud of my, my family and my kids. I'm definitely proud of my career, but that takes a backseat to, uh, you know, being a dad and being a husband. So proud of, uh, you know, just working hard and, you know, in doing what you had to do to, to, to be successful. So, oh, yeah. How um, many I kids? Back you got? At things. I got two kids and then, uh, two okay. stepchildren. So, yeah. All right. Awesome. So, yeah. So, so. Full house and, uh, you know, we're at the next, next phase. Everybody's out. Everybody's out of college. And so it's uh, mm-hmm. going through that and enjoying life and, and doing things. But very good. Tell the listeners how they can get a hold of you. I am not a fancy tech guy. Uh, they can get a hold of me. So I don't have Twitter. That's Actually, fine. I do have Twitter. Actually, I do have Twitter, but I, I don't know the thing of it right now, but I did, I did sign up That's for one right. of those. I'm, I'm old, I'm kind of old school on that stuff. I'm out of the limelight of technology. Nothing um, wrong with that. They can email me at Yeah, you got real, an email address. Yeah, yeah. You can do a real edge 51. So R-E-E-L-E-D-G-E 51 at gmail.com. I like it. Very good. Thank you so much, Kevin. This yeah, has been thanks, a pleasure. Trent. I've enjoyed Trent. it. Yeah, it's been uh, it's awesome. Been Thank you for having me, and I look forward to uh, you know kind of hooking up with you guys, uh, some more of the guys out there, you know, on a national level, and then you know, you know, like we talked about, uh, getting plugged in with the uh, local guys. Oh yeah, in, for at sure. my area as well. So, but uh, yeah, I've definitely uh, re-energized in, in the field a little bit uh, with the whole C ten thing, and uh, you know. Uh, I think it's a great thing and uh, you know there's a lot of guys doing great things out there so if I can support and be part of that that's great awesome thanks for thanks for having me yeah no thanks again hope you enjoyed hearing from Kevin great episode great guy and congratulations on getting your CTM Kevin I was lucky enough to be one of the testers and he's got an amazing facility there and is doing a great job do you back lap is backlapping taboo to you? Do you think you're lesser of a human if you backlap? I hope not. Backlapping might not be for everybody, but it's a tool in your toolbox. And if you do it the correct way, it can prolong the cut on a cutting unit. So if you hadn't tried it, or if you don't know anything about it, I challenge you to learn. Give it a try. Maybe you find out you don't like it, but maybe you find out you do. Sometimes it's about getting out of our comfort zone, trying new things. You ready to be a CTAM? The choice is yours. I highly recommend it. If you want to take your career to the next level, pass the EMCP level one and level two, and then get your shop attested. And it won't only bring up you, but it'll bring up everybody else around you. You'll have a better facility because of it. Because a lot of the stuff is related to safety and operating procedures, equipment training, and it's just going to make your whole operation a whole lot better. And I heard a superintendent the other day say that he was glad for his equipment manager to do it because it gets his shop more organized and ready to get his certification for CGCS. thought that was uh, pretty interesting. If you're hesitant, if you got questions, reach out to us. You can email us at realturftex at gmail. You can look me up on Twitter. I'd be happy to tell you what all I know about it. And anybody else that has CTIM designation, I guarantee you would be the same way. So if the guy down the road got it, give him a call. If you know Kayla Kip, give her a call. 
lot of great people in this industry. And I'm so thankful to be a little part of it. Thank you for listening. I couldn't be doing this podcast without all of you. And I can't thank you enough. And if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk to you. Until next time, see you bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Real Turf Text Podcast. I hope you learned something today. Don't forget to subscribe. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you'd like to be a guest, find us on Twitter at Real Turf Text. See you bye.